Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Ashland University's Professional Learning Podcast. This is your host, Dr. David Silverberg. We have with us today Roxanne Casario. She is the superintendent at North Ridgeville City Schools. Previously to that, she was at Lakewood City Schools where she served as the district's assistant superintendent and before that as director of teaching and learning. So welcome today, Roxanne. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure thing. Uh, We look forward to hearing your thoughts about the impact of COVID-19. And in particular, I'd love to hear what's been going on as you think about what does it look like at the future of your district and, and how we move forward. That's a great question. You know, right now we are complying with all of the governor's orders and really just trying to focus on the end of this school year. As you know, there are many milestones that we look forward to throughout May and as we enter into the summer with our students and families. And that has been our focus. Uh, We do have uh, some time to sit and plan different scenarios for what next year might bring. Again, depending on the continuation of this virus and how that does impact our schools from this point forward. So let's talk first off about the rest of this semester, and then we can talk about transitioning to next year. So the rest of the semester, I will say the teachers and staff members as a whole in North Ridgeville City Schools have stepped up in a way I could have never imagined. In two short days, we had online learning up and running, provided professional development, and our teachers and staff members as a whole, as I said, truly have done everything they can to keep our kids engaged, keep them fed, keep them safe, and we are checking in with our community to get a sense of what that feels like from the home perspective. And at this point, we are reaching nearly a 90% satisfaction rate with our community in the way that we have delivered instruction. Most of our students at this point, in fact, all of our students at this point, have access to some home device. We are one-to-one, third through 12th grades, so that was a relatively easy transition, but our K through two students, uh, we had to quickly mobilize some of the resources in our district and did some drive-through pickups for devices for the little guys. And again, did this very quickly. And all of our students at this point have some device at home that they're able to learn on. In addition, we you know, quickly mobilized our food service department and our support staff teams who have come in what started off as daily, now three times a week to deliver food to, or to deliver and also um, give out food to our families in need throughout the district. And that has been a tremendous success. And as I said, our online learning continues to develop and grow. And, you know, it's not perfect, but we are making every effort to take steps to continue to provide professional development and, you know, continue to refine this practice as we think about next year and what that might look like. 
What about graduation, Washington trips? I mean, these kinds of things at this point of your prom, I mean, all these things. Can you talk about kind of the ritual of school and how that's going to work for you? Yeah, so that, that is a really big deal. Um, social emotional health has been something we are trying to focus on in addition to all the things I've already mentioned. And, you know, as you think about being a student and this time in that life of a student, how important and critical it is to close out a school year. You know, to us at this point, maybe it's a little far off to remember, but it's really critical that we don't forget those feelings that some of us had about prom, about graduation, about our first Washington, D.C. trip. You know, the, the list goes on, signing yearbooks, you know, things that we took for granted that these kids can't do right now, and it's heartbreaking. So we have been spending the last few weeks consulting, you know, with each other, with our parents, with our students to determine how best to respond to some of these milestones. I'll start with Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, the, the trip was canceled, and, and that was mainly in part to making sure that parents were able to receive their money back from the tour companies at this point. And, and that was given this time where many families are experiencing financial hardship, something that was extremely important to us. And the uncertainty of the future, we were not really able to, at this point, schedule anything for the future. So, so we're holding off there. Probably most, I guess, most influential on people's minds right now is the idea of graduation and commencement. And as I stated, bringing our community into this conversation was extremely important to me. Wanting to know what the parents expected, understanding what the students are feeling was very important as we began to make plans to put together a virtual commencement um, ceremony. And this went back and forth, as you know. You know, at first it was a no must be virtual based on guidance from the Ohio Department of Education. A day or two later, some different guidance was provided that we could have live graduations, and then a day later that was clarified. So now I think we have some pretty clear direction, again, based on the governor's orders, um, what is allowable with the health department, and we've also consulted with Dave Koval and the Lorraine County Board of Health weekly, which has been also a tremendous asset for us. But most importantly, we did get from our seniors and their parents' feelings on what this might look like. Our high school principal, Tom Zendry, and his team have been meeting for the last three weeks with the student class officers. And again, taking that data we received from the survey to get a good picture of what we could do moving forward. And I think we have a really good plan at this point. So I'm excited how this might turn out. It definitely is not our traditional ceremony at Cleveland State University. But I think it's something these kids will always remember. That really is the crux of, of what this time of year should mean to kids. You know, having those memories, holding on to them, cherishing them. And, you know, just because it looks different doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's, it's really the memory that we're trying to preserve. Well, I can see how you're, you've gotten such high ratings for community support because you keep referring back to, we go to the constituents, we go to the community, we find out what they want, and it's clear that that drives a lot of what you do. How do you think that's going to play into your thinking for next year? How we transition kids into the school district and move kids onto the next grade level and all those things thinking forward to the next school year? Very much so. <laughs> and that is what, you know, the next focus will be. 
you know, as, as we get through graduation and commencement in the end of the school year, it will be, again, extremely important to me and to my team that we go back and get a feel from the community on where our kids are, what they're willing to do. You know, one of my biggest fears was that we were going to come back the school year and many parents were not going to be comfortable with that. I do believe that our governor and our health department have done an excellent job in providing the information to us and letting us know what is safe and what is not. And again, following those orders, in addition to understanding where our community is, we will make decisions. You know, it, it's there will be a, probably a multitude of scenarios that we will work through given anything you know, that we receive in terms of direction moving forward. So plan is actually with, with my central office team, my board of education, um, who have been extremely supportive through all of this, is to really take a look at what any of those scenarios might look like and how we will plan from them, whether it's looking at split schedules, looking at just a different rotation of students in and out of the building, how we promote social distancing, how we're keeping our staff safe, I know, you know, our operations department behind the scenes are already planning for that in terms of ordering appropriate supplies and materials necessary. So again, really getting a sense of the comfort level within the community, a comfort level for what parents are, are willing to do and, and will be willing to tolerate, again, based on our governor's orders and our health department. Mm -hmm. Um, awaiting that direction. It's really hard to say at this point. What's it been like for you as a leader? Stressful, but I could not be more proud. You know, this is one of those moments where they don't teach you these things in school. And I, I feel like that's pretty consistent for all of us. But to, to take a step back and look at what this community has done is, is absolutely incredible and heartwarming. And again, I, I cannot say enough about the North Ridgeville City staff, city school staff, teachers, food service, maintenance, custodial, administrators, cleaners, name it, you know, bus drivers, everybody has really stepped in to help make a difference in, in little ways. But again, going back to what I said about graduation, those memories, those things that students will remember, that families will remember, volunteer running out to the car with, with bags of lunches and and breakfast for kids, things some of us take for granted or, you know, things we don't always think about, but staff as a whole has really come together to wrap their arms around this community, wrap their arms around our students and make sure that they are getting everything they need, whether it's the basics of food, all the way down to an online learning environment that is safe and also very productive. Well, you've mentioned to me before in conversation about possible virtual tour tours for kindergartners. Is that going to happen? Tell us about that. That did happen. Uh, so, you know, we have a couple of different buildings. And one of the things we do at the end of the school year is generally take the next set of students going to a new building through that building and give them a tour. And one of it's obviously very much well received by the students and the parents. And you think about being in, in those shoes as a child, you know, going to that next building and, and feeling that fear of what will these hallways look like? Where will my classroom be? How am I going to get into my locker? You know, things we don't think about. And to be able to provide that experience for them virtually is not only innovative and creative, but something that I can take a step back as, as a leader and say, wow, 
our people didn't need to do that. They didn't need to jump through these hoops to make these things happen. But you know what they did because they care. And that is what I love about the staff. They, they truly care and they want to do what's best for kids. And it is so evident now during this crisis more than ever. So they did do that, and our second graders going into third grade will do something very similar um, into a different building. Beyond that, you know, I'm sure that that will, will grow and that plan will continue. But right now it did happen with our kindergartners, and we hope to continue that. Well, you may be a trendsetter. You may be doing this every year with virtual visits. Maybe. You may find other people doing it. Who knows? Was it a pretty tr- tricky technological feat or pretty simple? You know, I, I really don't know. I didn't hear anything about it. So I'm assuming that it was relatively easy. You know, I don't, it, it's not something that I had complaints or concerns about. So we'll, I'll give that a thumbs up. <laughs> Okay, good. So for anybody else that wants to know more about that or any of the other components of the initiatives you've put to, you've talked about today related to seniors or other populations there and your, your, the way you reach out to communities and such, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? My email is, is probably best and it's Roxanne Casario, R-O-X-A-N-N-C-A-S-E-R-I-O at nrcs.net. Fantastic. Well, I find it really uplifting that you've made the community the centerpiece of your initiatives, and and I can see why it's helped keep the momentum and spirits up during this tricky time. Thank you very much for your great work, and we really appreciate you. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure. Brought to you by Ashland University, your partner in the future of professional learning. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.